All right. Good morning. I got to say it again for the people out there relationshiping. All right. Some people may be hunting this morning. None of us. We could pray for them. Amen. You know, I was asking the Lord a little bit about this morning, and and um, He just impressed on me. There's so many new people that sometimes I think we get used to the way we do things or kind of our culture in the church. And um, new folks, like, why do we do what we do? Why do we use instruments? String. I mean, honestly, you can Google that and find a thousand scriptures that talk about raising our hands or bowing or stringed instruments or drums, cymbals, these kinds of things. And, and those have taken interpretation through the, the centuries for a long time. We worship the Lord. But why do we really worship the Lord the way we do? And why would we invite you if this is your first time or you've been coming for a little while and you're like, what is it about these people? Or why do they do what they do? Or, or whatever. Why we worship the Lord the way we do is not really because of the hundreds of psalms that talk about playing instruments before Him or singing, holy is the Lord, or, or any of those kinds of things. We do that, don't get me wrong. But, but why we really worship the Lord? Why occasionally some of us get a little bit rowdy and kind of... We kind of explode from the inside is because we take a break from work and home and the distractions and the family and just whatever's going on and we come to a place and we focus on the Lord and we tell him how worthy he is and he comes and he inhabits the praises of his people and I'm thankful that we have a leadership group at this church and a team of worshipers that follow the Holy Spirit because the, the real reason why is because there's a whole bunch of people here that know the same thing I know. And it's what it says in Romans 8.1 that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you've been redeemed like I was and set free and set on a different path and you were all screwed up before... <laughs> You can't help but say, thanks. You're so worthy. And so sometimes that causes us to get a little bit rowdy and say, hallelujah, Lord, because I'm so excited. And sometimes it's a still, small moment where you're just in awe of the Lord and you can't even say anything. And so we just try and follow the Holy Spirit here. And I invite you to, to engage with your heavenly Father, with Jesus with the Holy Spirit this morning. In whatever way He's leading you, engage this morning. Right? Amen? Let's all stand. Give the Lord holy and holy worship due His name. Amen? I just want to pray, you know... I want to pray that the peace of Christ goes down deeper and deeper and deeper in your soul. Deeper and deeper in your soul. And the unrest that you struggle with, the unrest that you struggle with, uh, 
that that be gone and that the peace of Christ I pray against confusion I stand against confusion you know Psalm 119 165 says great peace have they who love thy law and nothing can make them stumble we can walk in that peace we can walk in that assurance it's there it's there and it's all about the name of Jesus you know name of Jesus, his peace in our heart, his peace in our heart. So I just pray, Lord, that we would receive by the Holy Spirit that peace that Jesus provides, peace that passes understanding, peace that the world cannot give and does not give. So I just pray for that for all of us right now, in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, this is, our, this is our offering time. Welcome to everyone online as well. We're so glad that you're with us. It blesses me to see how God has, has grown the church and continues to grow the church. Um, seed time and harvest in five minutes. Let's... Uh, Let's look at Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4. You can be ready with, with Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> I was just meditating on, <clears throat> on um, how, how that God's, the way that God operates, the way he created the natural world to operate, the way he created the spiritual realm to operate, is all by seed time and harvest. And so, and it's, it's always, there's a seed that goes into the ground that takes some time to grow, and then, and then we enjoy the fruit. But then inside the fruit, there's seed for, for more planting and more harvest. And that's how God set things up from the very beginning. In Genesis 1.29, he says, I give, I've given you every herb bearing seed and every tree with fruit. And the fruit yields seed, and to you it shall be for food. But then natural seed is, all, is also used to explain the kingdom of God to us in the sense that the word of God is, is seed. So in Mark chapter 4... Jesus is uh, teaching things by parables, and he said unto them in his doctrine, Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Behold, there went a sower out to sow. And then he, he talks about the seed being, being sown on four different, different kinds of ground. In verse 13, he says, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? And so in his explanation of this parable, he says the sower sows the word of God. And um, in verse 26, he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Very often we like to see miracles, things that happen instantly, but that's not God's default method. God's default method is always that, that His Word is, goes out, gets in our heart, 
grows over time, and then from the inside out, it produces God's change in our life. Um, and uh, what is what is good ground to sow into? I believe we have a picture of it here in Mark 4, verses 30 to 32. He says, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? What comparison, with what comparison shall we compare it? Kingdom of God. It's like a grain of mustard seed which is sown in the earth and is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs, shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. This is a tree that grows in good ground and comes up and provides um, uh, rest and provision for for all these birds. It um, it's able to you know it, it becomes a center that produces more seed and and uh, shade and rest and refreshment. Um, for things to for things to continue to to happen and grow. When I when I give money into a church or a ministry, I need to know what do they teach, what do they preach. Okay, if the if the seed is is the word of God, the word what word is that ministry preaching? What you know the the and we could say the, the seed of the Word of God are the ideas, the concepts, the things that that, that, that ministry is, is putting out. Um, I don't, so for example, I don't want to sow into a ministry that teaches, well, that might be God making you sick. Because what's that going to produce in the lives of people that hear it? And what kind of harvest is going to come back to me from that? Right? So I want to be making sure that I put my seed in good ground that teaches the truth of the Word of God, um, that um, produces a, um, a harvest that coming back to me that I would actually want. So, amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord for the opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God, to propagate your truth and your life. And we just thank you. You said you sent your word and healed us. Thank you for your word going out today and touching hearts and lives and, and uh, planting seed in the, the seed of your word in, in good hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Turn with me to John chapter 14, beginning with verse 11. And I just want to encourage you, The last week we had Ashley was out in the foyer uh, greeting people as they were leaving, and Ashley is the head over our greeters ministry, and uh, hopefully you availed yourself and introduced yourself to her, and Today it's Mary, and Mary has been with this church from day one. Mary has been around from the very, very beginning, and one of 
one of a number of people who've been been here for 35 years. I mean, it's not she can't be that old. She's only like 40. So I mean, it's like. But uh, she's going to be out there, and you can you can meet her. And why don't you stand up real quick, Mary? I know that we saw the picture, but why don't you stand up and yeah. And Mary, uh, Mary was on the mission trip this summer, so introduce yourself to her. But the reason we're doing this is so that people get to know who is, who's doing what within the church because it takes people to do what we do. This is not a place where you come and just get entertained by us, and because that would be a really boring day. And uh, but you come and you be a part of the body of Christ, and and that's how you become a part of us. Today we're talking about the first step after the service here. The first step is getting to know everybody, building those relationships. But how do you really become a part of us? The way you become a part of us is become a part of us. Become a part of the work that we're, that we do. And so there's always stuff to do from worship team to children's ministry to greeters to information table and everything in between. So you're going to be in, uh, meeting folks, uh, throughout the, uh, the next few weeks, uh, who are the heads of these ministries because the best way is to volunteer and say, Hey, can I be a part of what you're doing? I guarantee you there's not a single person who will say, No, you can't be a part of what we're doing here. Because everybody's like, we need more people to be a part of what we're doing here. So that's where most of that's at. So praise God. I'm looking forward to this afternoon. So everybody find John 14, 11. We've been here for a number of weeks. This is the fifth week of this series. The series is called, uh, What Are You Going to Do About It? What are you going to do about it? You know, we, we see, we see the world around us. We see the situation that, that we're in. We see the news. We see our communities. We see our families. We see all the stuff that's going on. And, and some of it isn't fun to watch. Some of it's very disheartening. And in that, we can be, we can be discouraged. And we're always, you know, and if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you're praying for those situations. But many times those prayers are, God, do something. God, help us. Father, help us. Father, solve this situation. Father, do this. Feed the, feed the poor. Help the hung, you know, help the lost, whatever. Lord, you go do something. And he's already told us that we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to be the, the hands and feet of Christ. In this day, since Jesus rose from the dead and then was rose up into heaven, he sent his church to do the work of the ministry. And a number of months ago, I was, I've shared this before, but I, it's been a few weeks since I've shared it. I woke up and I was, I was just thinking, or I was getting ready to go to bed, actually. I was getting ready to go to bed and I was thinking about all the stuff that was going on in people's lives, the struggles, the hardships, the, the, the tests and the trials. And I was praying for a friend of mine who has cancer and, and we were, I was just, I, all these things were in, were just rolling around inside of me. And all of a sudden I heard the, and I was praying, I was praying and asking God to, to work in, in all these things. And the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly, clearly to me and he said, what are you going to do about it? And I've just began, it just hit me strong. And I've been, I meditated on it for many weeks and then began this, uh, series, uh, four, well, five weeks ago. Now this is the fifth one, but we, we've been using John 14 as our beginning text each week. 
Verse 11 says, Believe me, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples on the night he was betrayed. At this, at, during the, the Last Supper, he's, he's sharing the, the last things that he said to them before he was arrested. He said, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe on account of the works themselves. Guys, I've been showing you who I am. I've been showing you what I'm doing. I've been showing you for three years. I've been laying hands on the sick. I've been raising the dead. I've been, been speaking life over. I've been preaching the gospel. I've been, been going around being salt and light. I've been showing you what to do. Just believe what the stuff I've been doing is what he's saying here. Verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And you notice he 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 doesn't say those who believe in me will do the works that I do except that whole raising the dead thing. You know, just count that one out. That's that's too big for you. Or or laying hands on the sick. No, you're. I mean, you're not going to do. Maybe a couple of you will. No, you know, but not that. You know, don't really expect that one. Don't you know the whole walking on water thing? You know, that's right out. Okay, that's nuts. Come on. You know, what do we think we are in Minnesota or what? You know, in a few months here, we'll be walking on water. <laughs> but he didn't give a qualifier. He just said, those who believe in me will do the things I've been doing. And look what he does say. What he does says is he says, and greater works than these. Man, he set the bar really high. He said, you're going to do this stuff. Guys, you're going to do this stuff. Guys, we can do this stuff. We can live this way. Not just wish we could or hope we could or hope somebody else does or hope somebody comes into town who's got it figured out. He's saying, if you believe in him, anybody here believe in him? Amen. You believe in him. For those who believe in him, you can do the works that he was doing and even greater works. The problem with this is that over 2,000 years, Satan has been going, no, you can't, 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 no, 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 no. That even the church started to believe it. And the church says, well, as long as you're saved, man, that's all you can hope for. Oh, yeah, just get, just get saved and we'll just... We'll hold on to the end. We'll white knuckle it to the end. And then maybe, maybe by the grace of God, he'll let us in. Oh, give me a break. We're, we're not just supposed to barely make it in. We're not supposed to just get across the, 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 the finish line and go, whew. We're supposed to do the greater works. Greater works than these. Now, what, what is, what is the greater works? We started this two weeks ago. I, I, I've been, I did all the setup over the first three weeks. Last two weeks ago, I started talking about what did Jesus do? And that's where we're going to pick up today. Finish what I couldn't finish last time and, and talk about what did Jesus do? What, how, what is it? What were the works that he did? And we know I've already thrown out a bunch of them, but really the core of it all is he walked by faith. Jesus walked by faith. Now you think, well, wait a second, but he was God. Did God, did he as God, because he wasn't just partially God. He wasn't just, you know, in the likeness of God, the Son of God. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, he's God-ish. No, he was God. On the earth, in human form, he was God. How did that work? I don't know. 
Doesn't matter how it worked. It worked. He did it. And when he did the things that he did, he did them as God, but he also did them as man. He was a hundred percent God. Fully God. He was, he was, he is God. Jesus is God. But he also was a hundred percent man. This morning, I just even getting ready, I was doing some stuff around the house and I'd already done my, my daily reading for the, for the one year through the Bible thing and, and I was getting ready and all of a sudden I just felt led by the Holy Spirit to start listening to Hebrews. So while I was doing stuff, I popped, I popped an earbud in and I just started with, with Hebrews 1 and I just, man, I just about didn't make it to church. It was so good. I didn't want to stop. But I'm listening to this and it's, and it's talking about that Jesus was he, he took the form of man. He lowered himself to take the form of man. But it didn't, he didn't get rid of his godness. He became man fully. The, only, the reason he had to was he had to show us it's possible. It's possible. Why was it possible for Jesus to do the things he did on this earth as a man? Because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. When he was filled, he didn't do any miracles before he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I know, I know. You probably have seen the same dumb documentary I saw 25, 30 years ago where it said, as a child, he heard, he healed little birds and kittens. You know, he practiced. Oh, look at Jesus. Jesus healed another little animal. Or, you know, he, he got away from his brothers by running across the pond. I don't know. I mean, just, just, he didn't do that stuff until he got filled with the Holy Spirit. When John, he was 30 years old, John baptized him. He saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit come down, fill him. And from that moment on, he was filled with power. And that's when he began to do this stuff. The Holy Spirit. He said when, when he died and rose again, he, it says that he breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, which they did in the upper room, the 11 disciples and whoever else was with them. He, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They did. That's when they were born again. Because we can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. They receive the Spirit. But then he says, in just a few more days after that, don't leave Jerusalem till you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have power. The same power that I had, that Jesus said he had. The same power that raised the dead. The same power that healed the sick. The same power that did. And, and so we're, I'm, 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 I'm talking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of this stuff over and over and over again because we really need to counteract the years, the decades of, of doubt that's been put into our, our minds. And we need our minds renewed. I need to be louder than those voices that have told you, you can't lay hands on the sick and they'll, and they'll recover. We need to overcompensate. We need to, we need to speak the truth so plainly and so often that, you know, that, that you don't, you get to the point where you go, no, I, I actually believe this now. Now, praise God, we as adults, we're, we, we're getting that and we're doing that. I mean, I, in the last 35 years or whatever it is, man, I've just been filling myself with, yes, I can. I listen to people who tell me, yes, I can. Yes, you can. 
And I see stuff on a regular basis. Are there times where I don't see stuff? Of course. But that doesn't dissuade me. Because I don't know why that didn't, I didn't, I don't know when I, when I prayed for X, you know, an individual, so and so, if I prayed for them and they didn't get healed, I don't know why. I also don't judge them. It's not, that's not what we're doing here. We love on people. But that doesn't keep me from not praying for the next person. Or is that not, is that a double negative? It doesn't keep me from praying for the next person. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. If you want prayer, I'll pray. And you know what? The percentages are going up. The more we keep doing this, the more we believe, the more we... It happens. Why doesn't it happen sometimes? I don't know. I don't care, but give me the next person. I preach the gospel. I I share the, the truth that you need Jesus Christ. You must be born again. Well, not everybody receives. I don't have a 100% record of, of sharing the gospel. I've had people go, no. I've had people throw stuff at me. I've had people call me names. I've had people say no, but I've also had people say yes. And even though somebody says no, I'm going to tell the next person I have an opportunity to tell. Because we, it isn't about what they do, it's about what he's done. And he told us to go do the stuff. I mean, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about the youth in our church. Many of these youth have grown up within, within the church. They've grown up, you know, maybe not this one, for, but another one. They've grown up in families that keep telling them, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. I told my wife, you know, early on in our children, you know, my daughter, I've, I've told this story before, my daughter prayed for me one time. She was like three years old, two, three years old, sucking on her finger. I was sick. I was sitting in, in, a, in my chair. I wasn't feeling well. She came over and she goes, Daddy, Dad, Daddy sick? I said, yeah. I pray. <laughs> I was like, all right, sweetheart, pray. She laid her hands on me. Three, two, three years old. Laid her hands on me. Heal Daddy. Amen. And then walked away. And I was just like, oh, that was cute. And a few moments later I went, I was totally healed. I got up out of the chair. I wasn't sick anymore. Our kids are not going to hear. I'm never gonna, I've never told my kids. Now they're in their twenties. I've never told them, you, God is, God isn't a God of his word. I've never told, they've never heard from me that God won't heal you, that God won't deliver you, that God won't help you. They've only heard faith. Every time. Our kids are hearing that, hearing it, hearing. Praise God for that, because they're not going to have to grow up and get rid of the junk we we had to deal with or having to deal with now. The greater things, the greater things. So I asked the question last time: What did Jesus do? Turn to Mark eleven. Mark eleven talks about when Jesus was going to. The temple, this was in the last week of his life on earth, his physical life on earth. He's going to the temple. Mark eleven twelve says, On the following day when they were when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in, in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard it. Then go down to verse 20. 
It says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered by its roots or away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you curse has, has withered. And Jesus said, duh. No, he didn't say that. He didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus answered him, have faith in God. Some, some uh, translations say, have the faith of God. Do you know you can have the faith of God? His faith. Even when, you know, even when it's, it's hard for you. I mean, there's stuff that I'm, I'm still I'm like, how's that going to work? I don't know how that's going to work. But you know what, God, you said it's possible. I believe you. I'm just going to believe you that you said it's, it's possible. And I'm going to just, I'm going to rest in that. Verse 21, Peter remembered, he says, Rabbi, look, 22, have the faith or have faith in God. Verse 23, truly, this is Jesus saying, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he's, that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, listen to the words I say. Just listen, let them go, like Jim was saying, let it go deep down inside of you. So, you know, sometimes we still struggle with these, this, these, this history of, of the world telling us we can't, the church telling us we can't, others saying we can't, that we can't walk in this kind of, the devil is the one who's saying you can't. The devil's the one that's saying it. Well, what do you mean? The church sometimes speaks for the devil? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anything that, that con- is contrary to the word of God is a lie. Anything. Doesn't matter who says it. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie. And it says right here, says, let him uh, ask in faith without, with no doubting, with no doubting. Verse 24, therefore I'll tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. But it also says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. For if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. You know there are some stipulations here. I can't be a a jerk in you know and 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 not like people not like and hate people and 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 not have hold unforgiveness and expect God to move when I say there's there are stipulations Jesus was very careful what he said cuz he realized whatever he said and believed in his heart and did not doubt it was going to happen and the bible says he healed everybody if he said it they were healed why? Because he didn't doubt. But he also, because he says it here, my guess is he, he was walking in love, walking in forgiveness. Why doesn't it work sometimes? Well, once again, sorry to hurt your feelings. Hopefully you wore your steel-toed spiritual boots this morning because I'm going to step on your toes. No, I'm going to squash your toes. I'm going to stomp on them. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes I'm doing it wrong. Sometimes I'm not walking in love and forgiveness. Sometimes, sometimes I have to get my heart right first because it says right here, 
that whatever you ask for in my name, it will happen. If you ask in his name, it will happen. But remember to forgive people. Remember to forgive people. Well, could that be a, a, a something that would stop that from happening? Yeah, it really could. If I'm walking around in unforgiveness and I, you know, I'm holding something against somebody and I think they're a jerk and, I, and I'm not looking at anybody. If I think they're a jerk, I know how people are. They're going, why is he looking at me when he said that? But if I don't walk in forgiveness, if I don't walk in love, if I don't, if I don't deal with those things in me that God is saying, hey, you got to sort that out, man. He's not, he's not obligated to do that for you. But when your heart's right, when you're, when you're right, that, that's why it's so important to be, to be right with Him. To have, to walk in unforgiveness. I can honestly say right now, there's nobody that I, that I am holding uh, unforgiveness from or forgiveness from. Man, there's, there's people that have hurt me in the past. And I've just decided as far as it matters with me, I forgive them. I forgive them. I, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm sorry for the stuff. I, I'm sure I did something to get there too. Lord, forgive me. But I'm certainly going to forgive them because if that's going to hold me up from walking in the fullness of God, why would I hold, why would I hold on to that stuff? I mean, there's a whole sermon. I mean, Jesus even says it in another place. He says, if, if you don't forgive others, God doesn't have to forgive you. He won't forgive you. Man, that's not worth it. It's not worth it for you to hold a grudge against somebody else and not forgive them. And that could be anybody. That could be anybody from somebody that's sitting right next to you. Look to your right. Then look to your left. It could be that close, or it could be somebody who's gone. Maybe somebody who's passed away. Somebody that you don't have any ability to ever talk to again, but you could still hold something against them. And if you don't forgive them, God's not obligated to vouch for your words. I don't know why this wasn't in my notes. But apparently it's supposed to be. We need to forgive people. I mean, and really forgive them. Not go, fine, whatever, I just hope I never see them again. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Those, if you ask somebody who's been here for a while, years ago, there was a guy that I hated. Man, I hated him. Poof, I hated him. I hated him. I, told, I even told him, I told him one time, I said, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. I didn't see him for years. <laughs> it must have worked. But when I rededicated my life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, you have to forgive him. And I said, I don't want to. And God t- reminded me. He says, I can't forgive you if you don't forgive him. And I said, all right, here's the deal, God. I'm not, I don't play games. I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, okay, I forgive him, because you know my heart. You know? I'm, not, we're not, I'm not playing a game here. I said, I want to honor you. I'm telling you, I can't forgive him for what he did to me. But I'm willing, I'm willing to let you, for, let you deal with me, whatever it takes. You deal with me, Father. And whatever you do in me, I, I want that. I want what you, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just give you lip service and say, I forgive him and then go, okay, and then really not forgive him in my heart. Cause I couldn't. In that moment, I couldn't. But I said, I give it to you. 
I'm going to give this to you, God. This is your deal. And it was a long time later. I don't know the dates. I don't remember how long it was. But a long time later, somebody actually mentioned him, spoke his name. And he, you know, he doesn't live anywhere around here. You've never met him, never will meet him. Mentioned his name. And for the first time when I heard his name, I didn't hate him. I even kind of was like, I cared about him. They told me that he was going through a rough time in life, and I actually had compassion. I'm like, what the heck? Where did that come from? And I was like, oh, that came from God. And then long story short, I'm not going to tell you the long story, months later, time later, the Holy Spirit actually had me run into this guy. And I could tell you, I didn't, I didn't not only forgive him, I loved him. I mean, I loved him. I, I'd give him my life if, 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 if it needed to be. God can do anything. He can, he can help you. He can help the, he can help you forgive the person that you hate. And maybe that person did exactly what they did to you and you have every reason in natural, human, unsaved reality to hate them because they did do that to you. But in the reality of the Spirit, in the, in the kingdom of God, there's no room for unforgiveness. There's no room for hatred. And we wonder sometimes, why don't things go the way we thought they should? Or why, why isn't my prayers being answered? Well, bottom line, maybe it's you. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest, get past this, forgive, walk in the fullness of God, and then watch what happens. But we have to walk in love. Because he says it right here. Forgive. Verse 25, I'll read it again. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. If we believe and we do not doubt, God will give you whatever you ask for. Now you say, well, what if I ask for something sinful? (laughs) You're not going to. If you're in him, if you're following, if you ask for something sinful, he's going to go, uh, no. That's a whole nother discussion, but come on, we're not, let's not play this game. If you ask for something that is in, in line with his word, and we know that, that, that provision is in line with his word. He wants to provide. How do I know that a provision is in line with his word? Because he said, my, he said, my name is El Shaddai. I am the God who is more than enough. And I am El Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. Thank you. I I was thinking Rapha. We're going to get to Rapha in a second. He said, my name is Jehovah Jireh, which is the God who provides. Provision is in his name. It's in his character. It's who he is. I don't have to ever wonder if God wants my bills paid. God wants my bills paid. He's going to give me away. Now, it might mean I have to go to work. Go to work. Let God work. bless the work of your hands. But it's part of his character. It's part of his will. It's who he is. It's what he wants for you. If you ask him for provision, he goes, of course, here. Here it is. It's yours. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who 
heals. He said, he didn't, I didn't say that. I mean, I just said it now, but I, he said it first in his word. He goes, I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who healeth you. If you want to go King Jameseth. I am the God who healeth you. I am the God who heals you. So is healing a part of his will? Of course it is. Well, every time? Yes, every time. Well, you mean, what if he wants to teach me something through through sickness? He doesn't. I'm, I'm getting loud again. Because I need to over overcompensate for all the times you've heard that, that God puts sickness on you to, to teach you something. No, he doesn't put sickness on you. Now, like we said a couple of weeks ago, somebody asked me, "What can't I learn something through sickness?" Yes, of course you can learn. You can learn. You can learn all kinds of things through poverty. But I don't want to do that. I want to learn all kinds of things through the rest of my life. He didn't give me poverty. I made stupid choices early on in my life that my wife had to pay for physically. Actually, money out of her pocket. Amen. Amen. But he's blessed us with provision. But healing is the same. He doesn't put sickness on you, but he, he wants sickness off of you. That is his will. Anytime you, anytime you're not feeling well, this morning I woke up, I had some aches and pains, and I'm going, no way. No way am I, I'm not not going to church because I don't feel good. Hello. Body come in line with the word of God. Let's go. Come on. Let's get moving here. And I feel great. Healing is his will. All, protection is his will. Uh, 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 purpose is his will. There's all kinds of things that is his will. When we ask him, he wants them to give them to you. And he's not going, well, I'm not going to give it to you this time because I need you to trust, you know, I need to teach you something. No. If you ask, you receive. I know, I know. We'll get there. A few more months of this, years of this, we'll... You guys are right. God wants to provide for you. Amen? <laughs> You're so quiet. Because they've never heard anything different that God wants to provide for them, wants to bless them, wants to heal them. Wants... They just, God wants, oh gosh. Okay, I, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm getting everywhere. But What did Jesus do? He walked by faith. Turn to James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I want to show you some different verses that where people were talking about Jesus. These are people who saw Jesus, knew Jesus, walked with Jesus, and here's what they said about him. And what they said about walking in faith. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Does God want you to have wisdom? Yes. Yes. God wants you to have wisdom. Why? How do I know that God wants us to have wisdom? Because he says, if you lack it, ask him for it, and he'll give it to you. He wants you to have wisdom in every decision. What car should I buy? Don't come ask me. Pray about it. Ask him for wisdom. He'll tell you what to do. If anyone lacks, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and will be, and it will be given to him. Generously. Generous wisdom. Verse six. But let him ask in faith without doubting. 
For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's not very nice. That's not very nice. Why would the Holy Spirit speak through somebody and say, ask God, he'll get, he'll, ask God for wisdom, he'll give you wisdom, but you don't, don't do it with doubt, because if you do it with doubt, you're like a double-minded person thrown around in the ocean. That's not very nice. That just hurt my feelings. Maybe it needs to. I know it needs to hurt my feelings. I mean, when I started walking in this, I was like, God, why isn't this happening? Because, because you don't believe me. You don't believe that you don't, you're not believing that, that I'm a man, a God of my word. He says, if I said it, I mean it. If I said I'm going to heal you, I'm going to heal you. If I, if I said I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom. If I say I'm going to give you provision, you're going to, it just gets to the point where it's like, I don't, I don't need to continually ask for wisdom. I, I live in wisdom. And if there's ever a time I don't feel like I have the wisdom to make the decision, I'm going, okay, God, I, I don't know what to do here. I need help. I'm humble enough to ask that. Same thing with healing. I walk in healing constantly. That's why I'm expecting to walk in healing constantly. You should expect to walk in healing constantly. Well, what if you're not? Okay, let's work with that. And I'm just, you know, I did, this morning I woke up and had aches and pains. It's not like, it's not like, well, he never deals with it, so he doesn't understand. No, I deal with it all the time. But I just fight back. I'm like, no, no, Satan, you're a liar. God has provided me everything I need for life and godliness. Everything, everything, everything. But we shouldn't doubt. If we doubt, we're being tossed about like, like wind or like a, a, a person, uh, waves of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Go to Romans. Romans 1, 16. Romans 1, 16. Paul speaking, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. That's a beautiful, I love that. For in, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. He, he reveals who He is continuously to you, by faith, he, we do that, but it's for more faith. It's for faith. The more you know Him, the more you'll walk in faith. The more you know His character, the more you trust Him, the more you hear Him, the more you walk with Him, the more that you just daily, every day, you should be walking in more and more faith. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Jesus walked by faith. Jesus lived by faith. We need to live by faith. Not going to preach the whole faith thing again. Go back, find it in the archives. Faith. Faith means I trust God. I trust Him. I don't, I trust His word. I trust His truth. I, I trust Him. If He says it, that's that's good enough for me. My mom had that on her uh, a magnet. They still have magnets, you know, uh, scripture magnets, little rubber. I, mean, I used to love to stand and sit there and go, and then stick them to this. Wow, that was a snaps that hasn't fired in forever. <laughs> but she she had one of those, you know, had well, she had a bunch of magnets. Well, one of them says, 
God said it. I believe it. That settles it for me. God said it. I believe it. That settles it for me. You know, and, and it's taken me years to where I can say that and go, that works for me. That, that's where I'm at too. God said it. I believe it. He says I can live this way. I'm going to live this way. And we do it more and more all the time. Hebrews. Go over to Hebrews. I'm jumping around just a tad bit. But Hebrews 10, 35 through 38 says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. Man, we come in on a Sunday morning and you hear me up here going, Oh, we can do this. We can do this. This is awesome. Come on. God says we can do it. We can live this way. Rah, rah, rah. Shish, boom, bah. Rah, rah. For you old people. Uh, you know, if, 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 you know. Rah, oh, we got this. We, we can do this. And then on Monday morning, the world, woof, hits us again. Don't lose your confidence. Choose, said, no matter what hits you tomorrow morning, or this afternoon, or the next time the Vikings play. (laughs) Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your confidence when you wake up and you don't feel well. Or even worse, you wake up and one of your loved ones doesn't feel well. Man, that's the one I hate even more. When your wife does, or your spouse doesn't feel well, or your kids, or whatever, grandkids. It's like, oh... Don't let that shake you. Don't lose the confidence. Because the word that you understand and believe, and you're standing, or you're sitting here today going, I believe this. I believe this is awesome. I'm going to live this way. Is the same word that tomorrow when it hits you, because it's going to hit you. Life, life is going to hit you. It just does. Not because God sent it to you, it's because life, this is what life does. It tries to, you know, Satan is trying to take you down every, every, every day. Don't lose, don't throw away, it even says. Don't, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Your confidence in him has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. Hupo meno. I used to think it was hupo mino. I was wrong. I looked it up again, hupomeno. Hupomeno, endurance. Actually, this the way it's used here is hupomene. That's Greek for those. I don't, I just hear it and I read it and I put notes in it and I know it. I'm not a Greek scholar. But that word means you will not give up. Jesus, when it was used, Jesus, it says that for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, uh hope of the cross, for the, the hope of the cross, he endured for the hope of salvation. Sorry, that was the verse I'm... For the hope of salvation, he endured the cross. He didn't just... He, did, he wasn't a victim. Jesus wasn't a victim of the Romans. He wasn't a victim of the Jews. He wasn't a victim of the cross. He went willingly. It says he placed himself... In that position, he told his disciples, guys, quit, quit, quit fighting back. Quit cutting off the ears of the servants. Don't you know I could call legions of angels and they could stop this? 
He goes, stop, this has to happen. He put himself in there, but it says for the hope of, the, for the hope of salvation, the hope of, of us, he endured the cross. Hupomeno means he looked at it and he went right straight through that thing and he did not pull up at all. Same word here, that we have to have that same endurance, that same tenacity, that no, I am healed. My loved ones are healed. My friends are healed. The people, the person I pray for on the street will be healed. Satan, you're a liar. Get your hands off of them. You get away from them. I, and it's not a, it's not a, oh, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I hope, I hope Satan, I don't, you know, take you off so that you get mad at me. Who cares? Go through him. You go through him. You go through this. You go, well, if, if Satan's attacking your finances, you don't go, oh gosh, I don't really want to, you know, get too aggressive because what if it gets worse? It's going to get worse. If you don't fight this thing, it's going to get worse. You need to go through them. You, you don't give up. You just, you're, you're like a, a pit bull. I don't like pit bulls. So they, they scare me. They do. Not many things in this world scare me, but they, they bite and they don't let go. And when they don't let go, they just, they just keep until that part of your body falls off. There you go. You needed that visual, didn't you? That's the way we should be in the spirit. Whoop, my earpiece fell off. Boom. Boom. And you just keep hitting it and you hit it and you hit it. Endurance. This isn't a, well, I hope, I hope something happens. I hope I'm healed. No, I am healed. Satan, get out of the way. Stop it. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not walking in full healing yet. So give me somebody to pray for, because I'm going to pray for him, because this says when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. So I'm going to pray, I'm going to sow seeds of healing. All right, Satan, you want to keep messing with me? Give me somebody to preach the gospel to. Give me, give, give me somebody to tell, Jesus, tell them about Jesus. You want to keep messing with me? I'm going to give more money. Find me a ministry to start pouring more money into. You're going to start messing with me? Hupomeno, I love that word. For you have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you will, you may receive what is promised. Verse 37, for yet in a little while. And the coming one will come and will not delay. Verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Thing is, it goes on, I don't have that verse in here, but it says, but I know you, you're not of those who shrink back. You're not going to shrink back. I'm not going to let you shrink back. I'm going to keep hammering this so that you get so far over into the craziness of the Spirit, so far over into the wild, out, outlandish craziness area of that I just believe everything that God says and I walk in it every day. My, I'm going to push you guys so far. I'm going to push myself so far that we don't even know how to get back to the other one. Because that's what we need in these end, uh, end days. What are you going to do about it? Let's stand. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, it's your word that gives us life, gives us hope, gives us faith. Father, your word doesn't lie. You don't lie. 
you don't lie that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, just we need help, we need wisdom, and we need help. And your word says that if we ask, you'll give it to us. We need help, we need wisdom to walk in this more and more every day. How to cast off those vain imaginations that tell us that you're not faithful. That you're not true, that your word's not applicable for today. Those things are lies, 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 lies. But Lord, I thank you that by your spirit, you're, you're moving us even now deeper and deeper into a relationship with you that we will see on a daily basis the greater things happening in our lives through us for your glory. They're not for our glory. That's not, not for me to us to have a name. It's for you to receive more and more glory and for the name of Jesus to be lifted up so that all, all men, all women, all children, all man will be drawn unto you. That's what we want, Father. We want you glorified above all. The name of Jesus glorified above everything. In your holy name. Now, if there's anybody in this room or watching online or watching a recording of this who has never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that right here, right now. I'm not going to have you come up forward. I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I'm not going to have you do all that kind of stuff because it, it, what it is is a decision in your heart. It's a decision in, in you that says, I believe that the only way I can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There is no other name under heaven by which men might be saved. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. And you're, then I'm speaking for you right now. I'm just telling you this is what you need. I believe that that, that is the, that is my, my way into relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. His death on the cross. His blood shed. His death. His burial. His resurrection. He paid for every one of my sins, every one I've ever committed, every one I'll ever commit. And I receive what He did on the cross, because I can't do it myself. I repent of my sin. I, I repent. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've, what I've done. And, but Lord, I put my trust in Jesus, that He did everything that, that, that He needed to do for me to be saved. I believe that right now. And then the Bible says you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you need to confess with your mouth that he is Lord. That doesn't mean just saying the word, well, okay, you're Jesus is Lord. It means, Lord, when, he, when we say Jesus is Lord, it means he gets to be the Lord of my life. Who's the Lord? He's the boss. He's in charge. If he tells me to go here, I'll go here. If he tells me to go there, I'll go there. If he tells me to do X, Y, Z, then that's what I'm going to do. He is the boss. If he tells me to forgive somebody, then by his grace, he, then I'll do it. He's Lord. If you can say those words and mean it from your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lord of my life. The Bible says, then you're saved. That's, that's all it takes. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to sign on a dotted line. You don't have to do anything. It says that you believe in your heart. You confess Him with your mouth, saying that Jesus is Lord. But then, if you really believe that, then you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody. The elders are going to be up here if the elders would come up even now. The elders will be up here. They're here to pray for you, whatever you might need prayer for. Prayer for healing, prayer of agreement, whatever it might be. But you can also tell them, hey, 
I made that decision this morning. We've had many, many people do that, whether it's to the elders or to somebody as they're walking. You tell somebody, tell somebody that brought you today. Tell somebody that, that, that uh, has been praying for you. You know they've been praying for you. Call your mom. Call your mom if she's been praying for you and say, Hey, Mom, I, I received Jesus today. It's by that confession of your mouth that it's sealed. Father, I just thank you for each and every one here. We thank you, Lord. We just bless them in Jesus' name. This week is blessed in everything that they say and do and, and, and operate in, according to your holy will. In Jesus' name, amen.